Good morning. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Inside Slant here at AsylumFantasySports.com. Sunday morning, week two. Here we go. We are ready to roll. This is Rick Flieger. Hopefully uh, my partner, Rick Briggs, will be joining us shortly. I have a fairly good authority that he is not deceased. I guess I can't swear to it, but he will be joining us shortly. Kind of be a ragtag show today. I'll I'll be up front with everybody. Rick's going to join us a little late here. He is on location. Scott Fish will join us at 1050 to help answer all your questions. Once we get Rick on here, I got to dip out for a little bit. I'm doing a doing a little spot on uh, Fox Sports 1360 in Cincinnati at about 10:35. They'll be calling me, so Rick will uh, hopefully man the ship at that time while we're out there. So much to get to you know, uh, talk about Thursday night. I think that's an important one. A lot of big fantasy news to cover coming out of Thursday's game. <laughs> what a debacle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Never quite seen anything like that ending. Uh, look at C.J. Anderson. We're going to look at the headlines. Lots of uh, lots of injury news here. We've got a ton of questions. We'll get through those. We'll take them in the chat room. We'll take them over the phone, 646-478-4679, at Asylum Football on Twitter. I will monitor all that as well as I can going forward. So starting out, let's take a look at this uh, Denver-Kansas City debacle. A couple of takeaways from it. I, I, I think the big one, as fantasy owners, we're going to want to discuss is this whole C.J. Anderson situation. This is two weeks in a row, only 12 carries, very, very limited production out of it. Haven't seen him in the passing game, I think, as a lot of us expect from a, from a Peyton Manning running back. We don't have to talk about the team. Let's talk about Peyton Manning as a running back. C.J. Anderson, 12 carries, 27 just didn't look good doing it. Once again, Ronnie Hillman outperforms him this time with, with three less carries. But it's still nothing spectacular, 9 for 34. So we've, we've gotten a lot of questions over over the last couple of days. Uh, what do we do with C.J. Anderson? Is it panic button time yet? Is it a buy low situation? And I, here, here's my advice is what I'm going to tell you with a C.J. Anderson at this point of the game. Oh, my, it looks like they want to – Microsoft would like to restart my – right in the middle of the show so we're going to go ahead and, and postpone that but the answer is and this is what you tuned into this for is i don't know yet and here's why and here's my takeaway we, we've seen one entire game in one half peyton manning trying to run the gary kubiak offense then in the second half it seems they sort of took the handcuffs off of manning which how they got peyton manning to ever agree to try to run a different offense is is completely and 100% beyond me. I'm not sure how Kubiak must have some sway or, or Peyton Manning's relaxing in his old age. Not sure exactly what to make uh, of all of that. However, so let's see. They they were kind of playing from behind a lot, struggling even in the second half, but you see Peyton getting to run his offense. I want to see if you're a C.J. Anderson owner, yeah, we can talk about as a, in a week-to-week situation as we go forward here, depending on what your other options are. Maybe benching on a weekly basis. I wouldn't cut bait with a C.J. Anderson just yet. I'm going to sit tight here. I'm going to monitor what happens. Do, do the Broncos get away from what Kubiak's trying to do, which obviously for whatever reason – everywhere else hasn't worked so far in two weeks in Denver do we see more of that second half where Peyton's at the line making the calls they're working downfield so 
that's going to be my advice to you on C.J. Anderson. Let's sit tight. Again, we can talk about him week to week, what we're going to do with him until we, we find out who he is. But I wouldn't give him away quite yet. Now, now everybody knows this is a guy I didn't buy into going into the preseason for this reason, because every year with Denver, things I know just because I know them, every year for Denver, it's not the guy you think it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be Monty Ball in the past. It was supposed to be, you name the guy. Since Clinton Portis, it's never been the guy we've expected. So <clears throat> no, nothing um, I'm really strong on, I have a really strong opinion on, of holding on to C.J. Anderson. But let's just sit tight. So let's look at the rest of the numbers. It looks like we got Jersey on the line. We'll get right to him. Tough first half, Peyton Manning, 26 of 45, 56, three touchdowns, a pick. Looks good. I, I think we're going to be comfortable with Peyton Manning here for a while. I, the one thing I think everybody noticed, I'm not breaking any ground here, and it's been like this for a few years with Peyton, which is why I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Balls are ugly coming out of his hand, and they seem even worse. And I wonder as the weather turns, I think this is going to be the classic Manning year where here early in the year, as long as the weather's good, he's going to be fine, but definitely has some concerns going forward. We talked about Hillman and Anderson. How about Emmanuel Sanders? You know, a guy – Seemed to me taking low, a guy that was sort of forgotten during the draft season. In another week, eight eight catches, 87 yards in the end zone two more times. Demarius was pretty quiet early in the game. He came on eight for 116, something you expected out of him. A guy I know I, I wish Rick was here to kick around. Hopefully he calls in soon. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got my morning voice here. Owen Daniels, only three for 19, about disappeared here in the weeks so I don't know what we can expect from from an Owen Daniels as we move down to uh to Kansas City <laughs> what a letdown how do, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs how do you recover from that yeah I, this is a fantasy show we'll get into that later well, Charles while being the goat of the game probably still the hero of your fantasy team 21 carries 125 yards and a touchdown Four catches, only two yards, but in a PPR, those four will make up for your fumbles anyhow, so you'll get your 125 yards and your touch. Alex Smith, uh, very pedestrian after looking real good in week one and people getting excited about him for daily leagues and as as your backup as an injury-type replacement guy, only 16 for 25, 191, no touchdowns, two picks. This is the this is the inconsistency you expect from a guy like Alex Smith, uh, not Davis uh, sniped a touchdown there, three catches, nine yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Jeremy Macklin, both four catches, 58 and 57 yards, respectively. Just a tough, tough offensive production game for City. I think uh, this is what you can expect. This is the inconsistency. This is why I argued so vociferously against a Travis Kelsey in the fourth or very beginning of the fifth round. He's going to have games like he had in week one. Uh, I'll grant you that. He's going to finish in the top five or six of tight ends. But I think there's going to be an inconsistency to this Kansas City offense. Kelsey unable to really live up to the value of that early of a pick, going ahead of a Greg Olson, going ahead of a Martellus Bennett. That was my concern all along with Kelsey. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, a great game after most of these Thursday games were duds in, in the last couple of years, and you got out of the habit of watching them. I Really exciting game. So let's jump right to it. Uh, we got a call on the line, area code 609. I believe this is our boy Jersey in the house. Jersey, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, Jersey here. Hey, quick question. Uh, two quick questions. I won, won, won by one, like my one, my other one by 10. 
here's my dilemma I have. I'll be getting I'll get Levy and Bell back next year, they'll probably get both. So my running back going bad, I picked up Fiona Lewis. Here's my dilemma. I dropped uh, Tyler Lockett. I picked up Cole Beasley. I have Devontae Adams. I have Cooper, you know, I'm not Mark Cooper, and I have Bolden and Beasley now. He always starts at like two receivers, but I've been using Bolden as my flex until my my two running backs come back. So this week here, you know, between Beasley, um, uh, Bolden, Devontae Adams, and uh, what's his name, Amari Cooper, I need three of them. One will be a flex, and two of them will be my receiver. Which out of the four do you like? Which two? Okay. Okay. First, first things first. Anquan Bolden is, and if if we get to my starts and sits later, Anquan Bolden I think is a must start this. Uh, number one, we all know we're not breaking news how bad Steelers defense is. Anquan Bolden going back to his days in Baltimore just absolutely tortures the Steelers in his career. Four catches, 626 yards, and four touchdowns against the Steelers in what is also just a, a horrific secondary who's now banged up. There's a couple a couple of game-time decisions in that secondary. I, I, I won't go through all of them. So I think Bolden's locked down in that. I think Devontae Adams, this is a guy, hated what I saw out of him in week one. That was kind of a strange game. You have poor offense, but – yeah, I think we know who we are. I think we're going to see some scoring here in this game, even against that Seattle defense. So we got Adams, we got Bolden. So basically, I'm down to to Cooper or Cole Beasley. Wait, I'll tell you Cooper what. Yeah, Amari Cooper's a guy who makes me nervous this week. I don't necessarily like the matchup. That being said, I'm going to have to see. I, I understand you bump Terrence Williams is getting and Cole Des Bryant being out. And now they're saying 10 to 12 weeks. I don't know if everybody saw that this morning. We didn't get yeah. to the headlines yeah. yet. That's why I think up easy and draft market. Yeah. yeah. But I think what Cooper makes me nervous, what we saw from him was nine. He got nine looks last week. Yeah, I, I forget. I think he caught seven of them. He had low yardage. I worry about them. But Cooper's the number one guy in that offense. Carr looks like he's good to go. I'd roll with Cooper over Beasley until I see what Beasley's role is going to be. I, Beasley could hold a lot of value here. I'm a little nervous to pull that trigger now. So, and this one, I'm going to go Adams, I'm going to go Cooper, and I'm going to go Anquan Bolton. Okay. All right, that gives me something there. Hey, another good question I want to ask you. In my center my link, I'm going, go, I'm going to go Evans, and I'm going to go what? I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit uh, probably what's his name in there. Um, I got Stevie Johnson. I'm gonna probably sit Devontae Adams. So I'm probably gonna go. With, I gotta go with Mike Evans if he's going, and probably uh, uh, Robbie White. My question is, my running back. I picked up Hillman this week, and I heard you talking about Denver. And Junior's got C.J. Anderson in, 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 in the other league, but I have I have uh, usually Eddie Lacy who, who normally goes. I have Gordon, but Gordon struggled. I have Hillman. I have Joyce Bell, and I have Ryan Matthews. And, and it's a standard league. My question is. Do you keep Joyce Bell, who's probably the least out of those running backs, and pick up Monte Ball? Because Monte Ball is going to sign with Indianapolis. And you got to be one step ahead of the guys out there until you win championships. What's your feeling on that? Because they're my five running backs. Again, there's no flex. There's the only running back. But do you like to drop Joyce Bell for Monte Ball, possibly being the man in Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do it ahead of time. It makes me nervous. I still don't know after one game what that role is going to be. I'll tell you what, Jersey, I think I would. I think I'd take the chance. 
because you know what you have in Ryan Matthews. Obviously, you have Eddie Lacy. You, I, I think it's probably worth the risk there. I don't know what the, the Hillman situation is going to be, but if you ask me would I rather have Ronnie Hillman or Joy Bell going forward, I'd take Ronnie Hillman. Why not take the chance here? There's a chance it pops and it works out well. I, Frank Gore looked and he looked bad. And I don't know how soon we have to make this move. I'd be curious to see what happens. Another tough defense Monday night. We're going to see how Gory was so bad. But I say, why not? Take take a chance. All right. I'll definitely do that because, like I said, you got to be one step ahead of the guys. And, like I said, I lost by 10 in that league. I let that get up and down. Junior, I'm playing Brady over Eli this week because Eli is always Eli do something. I want to make sure that's good. Uh, and then Junior, he has um, Carson Palmer. He was, he was looking to Romo. What do you think? And a lot of people like, like Palmer going against Chicago. I don't know if it's going to be a shootout in Philly, but for Junior's uh, thing, do you like him playing Palmer over Romo this week? Was his you know, I do. It's always tough to sit Tony Romo, but but. Palmer, this guy, uh, this is my start of the week. Coming off a of 307 with three TDs against the Saints defense. Going against the Bears defense, he's got a terrible secondary, number one. And one thing I read uh, in preparation for the show and looking at Carson Palmer, the Bears did not even register a hit on Aaron Rodgers, let alone a sack. If you give Carson Palmer time, he's deadly. He got Larry Fitzgerald back in the mix, I believe, eight catches. John Brown taking the time of things. Yeah, Ellington being out makes you a little nervous because he's a big part of the offense, but I'll tell you what, Carson Palmer, this is my guy this week. This kid's going to be an absolute stud, and I say, again, you know, Tony Romo, he's not going to take many hits. I think he's still got enough weapons to still be Tony Romo, but now's the time you can play these games a little bit till we see what we get out of Romo, so absolutely, if I was junior, I'd, I'd get Carson Palmer okay. in there. And- I'll, tell, I'll tell him to do that, and I have one kicker, as my next question, in my good league, and I have Pratter. Now, you have guys like John, the guy from Giants, their kicker's there. I don't trust Robbie Goldman. Am I better off trying to stay with Pratter since he's new playing at Dome? Uh, I mean, their offense can sputter too, like the Giants. Um, but, you know, I look for teams that maybe sputter with inside the 20. But do I keep Pratter as my kicker, or do I go for maybe like the Giants kicker or something? Yeah, I always like those indoor kickers on a team that, while you didn't necessarily see it from from Detroit last week, yeah, this is right. a team that moves the ball. This is a team that scores. I think you're good there. I, I think you plug them in. You never know what you're going to get weather-wise out of New York. You never know what you're going to get Eli Manning-wise up in New York. Say, so you, you know he's got the big foot. You, you know he can yeah. hit him over 50. You get him indoors in an offense that can should put up some points. I, I think you're good to go. I, I appreciate you guys. I hope I got 2-0 in the other leg, 1-1 in the other. Like I said, just got to tweak a couple things. You would have saw St. Louis Houston in my one league would have put more points up than Kansas City. And I and like I said, Owen Daniels told me I, I plugged the Ebron this week. So my tight end is my, my week. I got a strong team in the Coastal team. But, again, thank you guys for the point I gave me. Such a lucky guy this week also. And uh, always fun to have you on Sunday. Thank you guys. And good luck. All right, thanks a lot. Good luck this week, Jersey. We'll talk to you soon. All right, on the line now from the from the grave, I assume. I don't know where this guy came from, but I recognize this number. A- everyone, put your hands together, Mister Rick, on assignment today. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, well, I noticed you kept me offline while you fed Jersey all the wrong moves. 
so he'll probably never call back again. Come on, you agreed with everything I said. That was some fantastic, fantastic advice. <laughs> I tell you what, though, one one caution I'm throwing out there. I mean, let's let's not forget that uh, you know Adrian Peterson was ten for thirty one last week. Now, not that Frank Gore is anything like Adrian Peterson, but I tell you what, that Cole offense is still pretty doggone good. And, you know, week two to start sitting them, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, you better have somebody in there pretty good if you're going to sit one of the best offenses, you know, Frank Gore or whoever it is. You know, I, I'm looking for, uh, even though it's a stout jet defense this week, I'm looking for the Colts to score some points. Well, the, the question was, I don't I don't know where you came in on that. Should he should he drop, I, I forget going to drop but basically you, you heard all the news about Monty Balls right on the verge of signing with the Colts and dropping somebody to pick up Monty Ball and my, my absolutely do it as you know they, they talk about wanting to have Frank Gore on that pitch count and you saw him struggle a little bit albeit I you just a tremendous tremendous Buffalo deep but I can't wait to see what they do today against the Patriots but do you chance on Monty Ball in a PPR format I think and I'm not this uh, Jersey plays in a standard league. I'm not sure which league we were talking about. I can't remember now. I had it written down. But do you take the chance to sign Monty Ball? I, I say 100%. He could be a nice fit in that offense. Oh, yeah, why not? I mean, Monty Ball, remember, what was it just last year was supposed to be the guy in, in Denver. And, um, you know, we all know, know how that worked out. But, I mean, he had some injury problems. He ended up getting released. Yeah, I mean, he's young and he's got some promise. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. Go ahead and pick him up. It can't hurt. If he's there for four or five weeks and doesn't play, you dump him. Who cares? Yeah, and I, I if I remember right, I think the question was actually Joyke Bell, which where I, where I was nervous about it. I don't know about you. This is something I wanted to get into. Some guys that you know, I'm ready to cut bait on, and I, I talked about off the top of the sh- off the top of the show, C.J. Anderson. How I'm going to sit him down here for a little bit, but I'm not ready to cut bait. I won't go through it all again. I spent the first 10 minutes talking about it. Maybe we'll talk about it on Wednesday on the regular show. But Joyke Bell's a guy I think I'm ready to cut bait on. He can't he's, can't stay healthy. I think they're going to want to work Abdullah more and more into that offense. And I don't think – now, I'm not saying Joyke Bell has no value. But I don't think he's going to have any more value than your, your Danny Woodhead, your – C.J. Spiller's playing this week, so I'll throw his name out there. Ryan Matthews, your guys like that. I think that's the rule Joyke Bell steps into at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, let's not forget, Theo Riddick's getting more more looks as as time goes on and Bell's banged up a little bit. And as long as he keeps producing in those types of situations, you know, I just don't yeah, see Joyke Bell having a real long future with Detroit. No, and it's a shame, and he could be he could be a nice piece, you know, somewhere down the road, somewhere else. If the kid be healthy, these things happen. There's guys we've talked about it Wednesday. There's guys who just can't stay healthy for for whatever reason. But getting off that, Rick, ah, there's so much going on here. Uh, we did have one in the chat room: Delaney Walker or Jordan Reed, Rick. Uh, questions about whether Walker would play. I'm efforting. It looks like he's good to go. He did practice Friday. He should play today. I believe he is active. You know, I really would hate to recommend sitting a Delaney Walker. I mean, hats off to having two decent tight ends. But, 
I tell you what, you know, Deshaun Jackson's gone for the year. You know, Kirk Cousins, yeah, doesn't have a whole lot of starts under his belt. Washington's going to have to move the football a little bit. They got Alfred Morris, Pierre Garcon. I mean, there's no, you know, I mean, I think they're going to have to rely on the tight end. They just don't have any weapons other than Garcon and, and Morris. If it's a PPR format, I think I'd roll three. <laughs> that, that's always always dicey. I, I I might agree with you, frankly, if I had any confidence Jordan Reed could finish a down, <laughs> let alone a game. I believe he was nicked up was I, dealing with a quad. I think uh, my one computer just went on me here, but he was dealing with a quad or something early in the week. He's expected to play. However, it, it, it's a, that, that's a fifth coin toss there with Walker being healthy. I might roll him, but I I, I wouldn't hate you for for going. Uh, with Reed Derrick. We got a call on the line. Uh, area code 860. You are on. Good morning. Hey, the Rick brothers. How you guys doing? That's our boy, Dean. Yes, That's sir, right. it is. What's up, Dean? Yeah, How you doing, man? Dean? I'm doing all right, but uh, I lost last week, dude, because I, I don't want to hear C.J. Anderson's name anymore. The guy's telling me. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of owners out there that are lamenting over C.J. Anderson. And, you know, I, I really have to tip my hat to Mr. Flieger here, who has been off the C.J. Anderson bandwagon before it ever got started. And, you know, I would assume the 2014 Asylumite of the Year, Dean Gennega, would have taken that advice. But, no, he goes against the grain and drafts C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I'm kicking myself, man. I was in the ninth spot. I took Antonio Brown. I should have went receiver, receiver. I could have had Antonio and Julio. But I freaked and jumped on a running back with my second pick, and he was the wrong pick, man. <laughs> yeah, so I know. What's up? What's going on? Well, and Matt Ryan threw two picks last week. I only lost by a couple lost points. By a couple. If Ryan doesn't throw those picks, you know. But anyways, i got to focus on this week. You know, I trucked Kyle Rudolph out there. I waited forever on tight end in my draft. I think it was my last pick. I, I got Rudolph. Now, I picked up, uh, what's his face, Austin Safarius Jenkins, uh, you know. I'm just wondering, dude. I need some pop today. Should I start Jenkins over Rudolph? What do you think? Rick, you go first. All right. When you say, and... and because of the way you worded that, when you say I need some pop, I'm going to say, yeah, let's go with Safarian Jenkins. We are now a full season, albeit with injury, and one game of every us all thinking, and I'm guilty of it too. This Kyle Rudolph, he, here's a guy, sort of a sneaky tight end play. If you wait and don't wait, take that early pick on a tight end, you can get this guy. He's going to be solid. He's going to, he's going to fit in. I haven't necessarily seen it yet. He's not the bailout for, for Teddy Bridgewater. We saw last week as things got bad for for Jameis Winston. And we talk about it all the time. Rookie quarterbacks love to lean on that tight end. And the results spoke for themselves. I see no reason why the same thing doesn't happen again this week. He's got huge upside. Now, you, there's always the danger, and I'm going to throw this out here, and I'm going to hedge my bet, Rick, because you know that's what I like to do. If Winston completely throws up all over himself, everybody could suffer. But this is the guy, this appears to be already after one game, the guy who's going to bail him out. And he's definitely got the much, much higher upside. And if you're looking for a pop, 
that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget last week was a bloodbath, and, you know, Jenkins, I, I don't see any reason why it's not going to be the same situation this week playing New Orleans. I think Jenkins is, is good for garbage time, but nothing else. And uh, I, I think definitely I would go with him over Rudolph. I've never really been a – I like – you know, Rudolph, is, a, is to me, is a C.J. Spiller of tight ends. All the promise <laughs> in the world, but you can't keep him on the field. And I would just assume go with a, a play with a high ceiling, and chances are he's going to play and finish the game. Yeah, okay, that sounds good, guys. You know what, man, I'm, i got to get absolution from the asylum, man, because I remember Flieger all during the off season was saying, remember that episode you guys were talking about, don't listen to the eggheads, take the guys you like? And yeah, I, I got to so- say that. I got so wrapped up in uh, other people's rankings, man, that I jumped on Anderson, and that was a huge mistake. Yeah, I, yeah, I tell you what. I if you're going to stay an inmate, you have to keep listening to the asylum, you know, and you have to heed the advice. Yeah, yeah, I know, guys. But, uh, you know, I do, I do own the Cleveland backfield. I got both of them chumps. I'm just going to sit back and hopefully either Crowell or that – Duke Johnson guy, one of those guys will emerge. Somebody's going to get some stats there. And, I mean, I wouldn't want to be relying on a Cleveland backfield for, like, an RB2, but maybe for a flex play once they start establishing who's going to be in there. Yeah, but, I, also, um, I also got Latavius Murray on Oakland, but I, I, I don't have any confidence in him yet. I got lots of shares of him, too. Rick, what, what, what do you think on that, you know? Latavius Murray, I mean, it was a bad outing last week with Oakland. Doesn't look a whole lot more promising this week, but I, th- I think you're going to be okay with Murray in the long run. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. And I, I believe he had, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had like seven catches, Rick, somewhat, somewhere in that in that realm. So I'm not sure, Dean, if this PPR or this is a standard, but I think he's going to be fine. He, what he has is he's the guy. And as they go forward, look, they're going to get this thing going. This David Carr's second season. Yeah, Murray really just getting rolling. Amari Cooper, the rookie, got nine targets. The thing just got away from him. Cincinnati went out there and just trucked him. I think they're going to be okay. He's a Murray's a good number two. Isaiah Crowell, he's going to come up one game. He's going to get in the end zone a couple of times. He's going to get everybody excited. You know, I'd hold on to these guys. You're going to need them for bye weeks. You're going to need them for injuries. I think Duke Johnson at some point establishes himself in the passing game if they can get this quarterback situation figured out, if Johnny Manziel can figure it out a little bit here. Yeah, I think you're going to play Murray week in and week out, and we'll talk about Crowell or Johnson as we go forward if you need either of those guys. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Oh, I also got Ronnie Hillman, so call me evil, but I'm hoping like Anderson or Hillman, one of them breaks their leg so I can just get that mess out of the way. <laughs> that's, that's our that's boy. Good. All right, guys, yeah, good luck this Sunday. Good luck with your business, Mr. Briggs. Thank you, and sir. I'll talk to you later, man. Take care, All right, Rick, let's get caught up in the chat room here. We need a flex from Latavia, the aforementioned Latavius Murray, Morris, Mike Evans, Mike Wallace, or Stevie Johnson. PPR, but one point for 15 yards receiving. 
for a flex. And we're, we're looking at Evans. Fred Johnson, Morris, Mike Evans, Mike Wallace, or Stevie Johnson. Wow, boy, that's a tough one there. I, I tell you what, I I don't like what I've seen in the Tampa Bay. And, you know, you hate to say anything, you know, about benching uh, Mike Evans. But I tell you what, you know, of course, this is PPR. kind of almost throws Morris out. He had over 100 yards last week. So, I mean, I, I think Alfred Morris is, is, is a safe play, quite frankly. Uh, going against that St. Louis defense, Rick, that- that's yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's a horrible, it's a horrible option when you're talking Evans, Morris, Stevie Johnson. They're going up against Cincinnati uh, defense, going across country. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I mean, what was the other one? Oh, Mike Wallace uh, and Latavius and he, Murray. I mean, it, oh, and Latavius Murray, exactly. Uh, I tell you what, I think I'd have to roll with Albert Morris. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take Alfred Morris away. He had the big game last week. Kirk Cousins is starting the quarterback. I think St. Louis has no fear of him. You're going to take that defensive line. You're going to set yourself to stop, to shut down an Alfred Morris and let Kirk Cousins be. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I think Scott said it perfectly in the chat room. He said, "Shoot for the moon, go for Mike Evans." I agree with that. I, I believe it, it's a bit of a risk there. Makes you nervous. He's coming off the injury. He is active finally. I had this big ramp planned when he was still going to be a game time decision, and they activated him right before we went here. So he sort of ruined that for me. But I agree. Evans has the most potential, and at a point for 15 yards, I think that makes a big difference as Evans being a downfield threat. So that's where I'm going to go. Uh, here we go, Rick. Uh, what time? Is it? Well, 10:30. So remember, Rick, 10:35. Once my phone rings, I'm just going to bail out, and you can take over. Uh, All right. He's got to let everybody can... know that when I take over, I can't see the chat room and I can't take calls. So don't think I'm just ignoring you, which I normally do yeah. anyway. Just give some starts and sits or something. Doug Martin, Kevin Coleman for a flex and a non PPR. Give me Martin. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not a big muscle hamster guy, but uh, you never know what you're going to get out of Atlanta running back. I, I, I like Martin in that situation. Yeah, and look, Martin looked good. Yeah, I was watching right. the beginning of the game. He he was ripping him off, looked just like he did in the preseason, ripping him off about four or five yards of carry, hitting the hole, and that game just got – Winston threw that interception, and that game just immediately got completely un, out from underneath them, and they went away from Doug Martin. If Doug Martin would have got his requisite carries in that game, and the game would have been called if they weren't down 30 within about seven minutes, I think Martin would have had himself a, a pretty big day, so I agree. Coleman showed some flashes on Monday night. He He's intriguing me a little bit. Seems like he might be taking this job over. Something I'm going to keep an eye on, but I think Doug Martin much, much stay, safer there. All right, we've got a Chris Ivory conundrum, a guy who uh, you know, I recommended against a lot last week, so sorry about that. He's nicked up, um, not 100% certain he's going to go Monday. So do we hope Ivory uh, goes full steam ahead Monday or go ahead and Slot in Vereen or Dion Lewis today in a PPR. Well, I tell you what, there's a as it's talking about starts and sits. There's a couple of guys in there that are on, on my list. Um, I tell you what, I think I would roll with Vereen. I don't want to gamble 
with a guy that's listed as questionable right now in a Monday night game, unless you have somebody um, on that Monday night game that you can throw in there. Uh, Deion Lewis hit my sit list. I mean, look, with Garrett Blunt's back, and um, you know they're going against that Buffalo defense, I think he's going to get some work, but I can't recommend him for a start. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if you can go out and get you some Belial Powell. I, I, just in what I've read, I don't have a ton of fear that that uh, Ivory's going to miss Monday. It looks to me like he's going to be a go, albeit he may be limited somewhat. So if I could get a Belial Powell or, or someone of that ilk, I'd go ahead with Ivory. If we're if we're really concerned about it, if the reports here as we go forward don't look good. I'm going to agree. Give me Vereen. I didn't love what his role was, but he's Shane Vereen. There's always an opportunity there. So, yeah, tough call. I'm checking if I could. I'm guessing Belil piles out on your fire. I might go pick him up and roll that way and assume Chris Ivory's going to come. All right, Rick, we've got Jordan Matthews, Jarvis Landry, Cooks, Keenan Allen in the standard league. Which one of those should sit? Jordan. Matthews, Landry, Cooks, Allen. Boy, I don't want to sit any of them. Um, I think I'm going to sit Keenan Allen out of that bunch going against cross country against Cincinnati. Look, he was a monster last week, but we talked about him, you know, last year. He had like eight games under 40 yards. I'm not convinced. Who's the other one? We had Cooks, Matthews, and who's the other one? Jarvis Landry in Miami. Okay. That being said, I think I'm going to sit Jarvis Landry. Against Jacksonville? I'm just, you know, I'm I'm looking at what Cam Newton did against that Jacksonville defense. Look, they won, but he only had like 175 yards last week. And, um, you know, I don't know if that has something to do with the Carolina offense or something to do with the Jacksonville defense. Keenan Allen, after that week, how can you sit him? I mean, that's the thing. So, I mean, I think it's it's the lesser of two evils. I think the upside for Keenan Allen, as we saw, is much higher. Yeah, and I think, to, to your point, uh, yeah, in a standard league especially, I hate doing it. We, we, You know how I feel about Landry this year. But I think Landry's a lot more based on PPR. So I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to sit Landry there. Keenan Allen has put up big yards. I think Cooks has a huge game this week. Jordan Matthews, the only guy in town, and they're going to have to score a little bit to play against uh, play against Dallas. So I'm going to agree with you, Rick. I hate it, but I'm going to Chris Landry there. Looks like we have uh, have a call on the line here, Rick. So if I had to bail in the middle of that, I'll let you take care of that. Uh, looks like it's all right. Skype. All ones. Good morning. What's going on, Rick? This is Scott Fish. I was just going to wait on the line since uh, it sounded like Briggs wasn't going to be able to accept calls when you left. So. If you want to put uh, my hold of the that's fine. I don't care. I'll tell you what. Let's just go uh, three ways here, and then that way it's got somebody to talk to, and uh, you can see the chat room when I have to dip out here. So let's do that. Uh, boy, where do we go from here, Rick? How about some starts and sits? Is uh, I'm going to go ahead. Now you got Scott, Rick, you guys can discuss. I'm going to dip out here and wait for my phone to ring. Sounds good, Rick. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Doing good. Uh, most people haven't talked to me in a while. I've been uh, crying for the last uh, several days about the Vikings game. That was that was a pretty pitiful effort, I must say, by your Minnesota Vikings. But, uh, you know, that being said, I mean, I, I still think that that team is, is on the rise. I just think 
they have to find. See, I think they're in a bit of a conundrum, quite frankly, this year. I mean, you know, we, me and Rick talked about it in the off season. You know, when when Peterson was out last year, you know, they found themselves doing things that they weren't used to doing, and they were succeeding. Now I'm starting to think they're trying to do that. But you have an Adrian Peterson. You have to feed that guy. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to run Teddy's offense, uh, and I guess I guess Peterson's uh, just not comfortable in it. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's get some starts and sits. I'm, you're a little blurry on the thing, so if I sound like I don't know what uh, you said, I probably didn't. But I'm going to hit a couple of starts, and um, then you can kind of react to them, and that way we'll just kind of – won't be talking over each other. I'm going to start a couple of quarterbacks, obviously not some of the obvious ones, but i tell you what, you know, maybe I heard Rick talking to to Jersey earlier about uh, starting Carson Palmer over Tony Romo. That's a tough decision to make, but i tell you what, Carson Palmer in my book is, is a start, and, you know, going against that Chicago defense after 307 yards and three touchdowns last week, Looks like they got things going a little bit in uh, Arizona. The defense is tough, and uh, I love Carson Palmer as a start this week. And another started at quarterback, which may surprise a lot of people, but if you're standing around maybe even a, a Cam Newton, something like that, Andy Dalton's at home, and, uh, you know, San Diego's coming to town. I think there's going to be some points scored. I don't think that Andy Dalton's that bad of a play this week. I mean, he did pretty good last week, 269 yards, two touchdowns against Oakland. And uh, I tell you what, if you, if you're, you had him sort of as a backup, and depending on who your starting quarterback was, it might not be a bad start. Yeah, I can't disagree with either of those. Uh, Andy Dalton has, now that Tyler Eifert is healthy, has even more weapons in an already loaded offense. And uh, as far as Carson Palmer, I'm I'm going to bet right now he's going to be a top 12 quarterback this year. I think he's going to be a QB1. And pe- most people got him here as a backup. So that's pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of the, uh, you know, so-called experts out there that I've read some articles that were talking about playoff teams that would not be playoff teams in 2015 and Arizona popped up a lot. I think Arizona's better this year to be honest with you. Yeah, if you think about their quarterback situation last year, they <laughs> they had guys like Ryan Lindley, Logan Thomas even took snaps. I it's hard to believe that Carson Palmer who's been an all-pro, who's been a pro bowler, who's I know he's late in the late in the career, but he's got veteran leadership and uh, he knows the game. It's it's hard to believe with his weapons that that team is going to get much worse. And honestly, it looks like Seattle's taking a little bit of a step. I'm not saying Seattle's gonna going to not you know going to do horrible, but it looks like uh, the division might have gotten a little closer this year too. They they might be able to compete with one another. Yeah, uh, you know I I think the. Um... The Seahawks and the 49ers, you know, obviously the 49ers took the step back last year. I think the Seahawks may be doing that maybe a half a step this year. But i tell you what, I thought Arizona looks better, and I, I, the Rams look much better if last week was any indication of what they have. 
And, uh, yeah, that division still the toughest in football as far as I'm concerned. It's going to be close. Let's hit a couple of sits. I don't want anybody going out here thinking, you know, that uh, Marcus Mariota is the next coming of Dan Marino. And, uh, you know, if, if you were jumping on this guy to start over your starting quarterback, I caution you, sit him. Cleveland's different than Tampa. You know, he had four touchdowns last week, but he only had 209 yards passing. Keep him on the bench unless he starts doing it week in and week out. Yeah, Cleveland only gave up, like, what, 170, 180 passing yards last week. Marcus Mariota only, uh, I think, I can't want to say completed or attempted, like, 16 passes last week. Uh, I, yeah, you can't expect a repeat performance like that. Um, and, and Cleveland's defense is, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is just awful. Just awful. They might be as bad as Pittsburgh's defense in secondary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I tell you what, I'm going to put out another shit. You tell me what you think of this. Because, I mean, it, it, it's awful early to do. I understand that. But I kind of mentioned it in my start. If you have a suitable backup quarterback, you know, Cam Newton looked pretty bad against Jacksonville last week. 175 yards, one touchdown, one pick. You know, I'm not crazy about uh, this this Carolina offense. It seems like with the loss of Calvin Benjamin, it's I mean it's sort of out of sync. They may get back there, but uh, you know they're at home, but they're playing a pretty t- tough defense in Houston. And I think if you have a suitable backup quarterback, and they're yeah, granted they're few and far between to recommend over Cam Newton. I, I'm telling you what, I'm looking for mediocre numbers again this week. Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, starting quarterbacks that you, if you drafted a, a Palmer or or whatever as your backup, you definitely go with the backup. Uh, I will say this: Jacksonville was a, was tied for sixth best against the, against uh, quarterbacks last year in the NFL, and uh, I think you know they're top ten again right now this year after the way they played Cam Newton. Part of that is he doesn't have any weapons, but uh, Cam Newton he rushed. He rushed a double. Du- he ran the ball double in double digits last last week, uh, double digits attempts, and I I can see that being the case every week. And some of those games, he's going to have 70 or 80 yards, maybe a touchdown instead of you know low numbers. So you better have a pretty decent backup, but it's, he's definitely right there on the fringe of the bottom of QB one. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and uh, you, know, you know you made a good point. The Jacksonville defense is pretty stout. They've they've been pretty competitive the last couple of years. If they if they could just put some pieces together on offense, but um, let's go to running backs, and um, I've got a couple of uh, starts that, um, especially in a good flex position, number one that comes to mind is Darren Sproles. I, I think that. Uh, you know, he had a 50 rushing yards and seven catches for 76 yards against the Giants. I think the output should be pretty similar against Dallas this week. If not a lot more. Um, I, 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 think that, uh, I think that his style of play is perfect for playing Dallas. Uh, I, I think uh, Darren Spokes even had more snaps than uh, Ryan Matthews last week. Uh, it might be game flow dependent, but I, I love Darren Sproles. He's got the great start. Yeah, I agree 100%. And my other running back start, you know, we kind of hit on that. Rick and I did. 
um, Abdullah from Detroit. I mean, it just appears he's the guy. And, um, you know, Detroit had that meltdown last week, obviously. And I'm not – I'm a little dubious on Detroit, period. They're at Minnesota, which is, you know, should be a pretty stat defense. But I just, you know, I like the idea that that Abdullah is basically going to be the guy by the looks of it. I mean, you got Fioritic in there. Joy Bell seems to be banged up. I think you just ride him in there. I think you're going to get decent enough production out of him. Yeah, I – I, I love him as a flex play. Um, if he's the RB2, I guess that's what it's got to be. Minnesota couldn't stop Carlos Hyde last week for crap. Um, but you look at the Minnesota defense, and on paper they should just be so much better than that. Maybe maybe Hyde's that good. Maybe they just did not prepare correctly for last week. But uh, uh, right now the only base we have is watching Carlos Hyde destroy them. And Amir Abdullah running at his first carry for 24 yards in the touchdown, and uh, like you said, he's probably going to be there. You know, he's he's earning their trust with his good play, and he's he's definitely going to definitely you know inching into that lead back role with uh, with Theoretic being Theoretic and Joey being dinged up all the time. All right. All right, let's hit a couple of sits here that, that I have written down. I mean, they were actually both included in a question right shortly before you got on. i tell you what, I'm, I'm going to be sitting Chris Ivory. You know, number one, it look, he's questionable, but it looks like he's going to play. But it's a Monday game, and I still think Belil Powell is going to get plenty of work. And you probably should have a better option on your bench unless you only drafted two running backs. I just wouldn't want to trust him. You know, being banged up like that going to a Monday night game, if I don't have somebody, you know, better than that, quite frankly. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> with how many times I was wrong about, I mean, I liked Chris Ivory last week, but every every single question that came up, I was like, I just couldn't take Ivory, and I feel bad about that. Um, this week, with him being questionable and Bilal Powell being, I mean, I just don't have much faith in him. I, I think you have to have something better on your bench. Uh, I would I would probably avoid that situation if it were me. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. It's nothing really, not a knock against Chris Ivory, but, you know, I, I just can't see them, you know, just overworking him, especially when he had that questionable status, uh, when you have a Belil pile there, and, and if they can get him nerfed back healthy, they're certainly going to need him. Another one, you know, like I said, with – Covered in that question is Deion Lewis. I, I'm not real thrilled with him against that Buffalo defense with Garrett Blunt coming back. You know, I think he's going to be in there, and but unless he scores, you know, I, I think that his his workload is going to go down a little bit, and you know, I think he's going to have to break something to score until they get in this inside the red zone. I think it's with Garrett Blunt's show. I'm going to totally butcher this statistic. Um, Matthew Berry said it this week, so someone can probably call me out on it. But uh, a New England Patriots running back has not um, had 100 total yards in two consecutive games for, like, three years or something like that. I don't, it, was, it was a very, very long period of time that I did not expect. Uh, Deion Lewis went over 100 total yards last week. I don't know that I expect this week with uh, one back. He's... Uh, He's who they want to be their bell cow. I think Deion Lewis is just a product of of how they wanted to attack Pittsburgh last week. All right. Well, time will tell on how the how this whole uh, 
Buffalo Mafia, and of course now they they have what the the Patriot Militia or whatever it is that they're talking about. It ought to be interesting to see how uh, Belichick attacks this defense. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this uh, the whole New England backfield. I mean, they're hard to rely on. Period. No matter uh, which way you go, even when you had uh, uh, you know Vereen and those guys back there, you know somebody would be. Awesome one week and disappear the next, and you just never know with them. Yeah. All right. That is, that is All right. Let's go wide receivers real quick, and um, I tell you, here's one: a guy is probably available in a lot of leagues, and um, you know it, he appears to me that that Newton's struggling uh, a little bit, and it just appears that Cotchery along with Greg Olson, about the only two guys he really has any connection with. And, um, you know, I think maybe Jericho Cotchery could be a sneaky value play in a flex swap. You suck, and so does fantasy football. Whoa, what was that? <laughs> I'll <laughs> back on the line, obviously. Having a little bit of fun there. I'm sorry, you guys go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Scott. Oh, you want me to comment on Jericho Country? <laughs> well, uh, I'm just saying. I mean, I, you know, it's yeah. obvious to start A.J. Green and everything, no. but if you're in a situation yeah. looking for a flex, something like that. Well, as much as we just kind of dogged, uh, dogged Cam Newton, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. And Jericho Country appeared to be the guy last week, or one of the guys. Tim and Ted Ginn both had better games than anyone that plays fantasy this year expected. <laughs> uh Houston's defense, the secondary, I think, can be beat a little. I, I think that line is where their, their difficulty is. Um, I think it's okay. I think it should be in, in a league where you have probably, like, two flexes. I, I don't know that I'm starting him over a lot of players, but that said, how many wide receiver injuries have we had this year? It makes Jericho Cotri one of those guys that might get five, five six receptions, and in PPR leagues, that's – that's pretty nice. That's that's something to go with. All right, there we go. All right, Rick, I'm going to have to bow out of here, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to run down and, and give you who I think is going to win, if that's okay with you. Um, sure, go for it. All right, Detroit over Minnesota, Arizona over Chicago, Cleveland over Tennessee, New England over Buffalo, Carolina over Houston somehow. I'm going with Pittsburgh, homer pick, Pittsburgh over San Francisco, Cincinnati over San Diego, St. Louis over the Skins, Giants at home beat Atlanta, New Orleans takes down Tampa, Baltimore beats Oakland, Miami takes Jacksonville, Dallas upset in Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia upsets them. I like Green Bay at home and – I'm going Indianapolis at home against the Jets. All right. Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining us, special guest Rick Briggs here. Uh, get back to what you're doing, buddy, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, can't wait to get back in studio because it's, it's more fun looking in the eye and, and screaming than over the phone. Uh, don't worry. We'll have plenty of time for that. Uh, all right, bud. We'll talk to you later. Hey, Briggs, have, have fun at your mustache grooming convention. <laughs> what was that now? 
He said, have fun at your mustache grooming convention. It's about beard time, so so you need to pay extra special attention. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he sent me a postcard from the bald convention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See ya. All right, boss. We'll talk to you. All right, I'm Scott. Scott. I have a start sit for you, Flieger. Text it in from my brother. Do you want to hear this one? Oh, I do. I do. All right. He needs to start three of these. Alshon right. Jeffrey, Dante Moncrief, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, and Torrey Smith. Adams and Torrey Smith. All right. Well, I believe Jeffrey has been is inactive. Jeffrey's out, so that one simpler. Oh, I saw that across the crawl as I was getting ready for the show. I'm about 90% sure here. I'm going to double check that because that, that's a hell oh, of a I thing. Buy. He's questionable and doubtful last I saw, so I, I really believe it. Yep, he's out today. Yep, he's out. So Moncrief, Robinson, Adams, Torrey Smith. That's yeah, uh, yeah. I think Robinson and Adams have to go. It comes down to Moncrief and, and Smith for me. Looking increasingly likely that that Ty Hilton's going to be out. I think I like Moncrief here. Smith, yep. look, I, I love Hyde. I actually love Anquan Bolden. The, my start of the week, if I'd have had a chance to get to it, was going to be him. He he's got over 600 yards and four touchdowns in his career against the Steelers. Coming out of a slot that let Julian Edelman catch 11 balls, which isn't news that, that Julian Edelman tore up anybody, quite honestly. But tore, uh, Anquan Bolden harassly harasses the Steelers. And I almost view him almost in a tight end role, the way he rolls in that offense. And that's something, anything in the preseason in week one, you saw that the Steelers really struggle with. So, Said, I don't know if there's going to be enough left for, for Torrey Smith, being that it, it's Colin Kaepernick. And as bad as the Steelers' defense is, I don't think Colin Kaepernick goes out and throws for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. So if I got to sit one there, I think it's going to be Torrey Smith. Yeah, honestly, for me, the only reason Torrey Smith is in this list is because of that Pittsburgh secondary. But they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're dead on, man. I, I think, look, I think Carlos Hyde averages six yards a carry unless this game would somehow get away from them, which I don't expect. I don't know how much they get away from that, and I think Bolden plays a big part. Vernon Davis could be a sneak if you're looking for real cheap a daily league. It might be a sneaky play there. So let's, uh, what are we, we got lots of time here. Let's hop into the questions. I've got two lists here. I'll just go uh, every other. I knew these questions were going to start, uh, Scott, and he was my uh, he was my first game ball of 2015 on Wednesday, and it killed me. Bishop Sankey or Lamar Miller in a PPR? <laughs> Bishop Sankey or Lamar Miller in a PPR? Yeah, for this week alone, I would probably lean. You know, I'm still taking Lamar Miller. It, I I actually kind of like Bishop Sankey. <laughs> this year, um, but I, I think Lamar Miller is just a, just a safer choice. Yeah, for for this week, and <laughs> these could be from his last words, I, I, I can't wait to do the show Wednesday. If it's right or it's wrong, because it'll give me a good 20 minutes of content. I got a lot of Bishop Sankey on, in my daily leagues. I think I'm at six this week. I got a ton of Bishop Sankey. I, I like the matchup. 
Yeah, and the and the price tag. But it, I can't believe yeah. for a second got Mar Miller's only going to get four touches at halftime this week against Jacksonville. I think they go out and try to establish the. I think they try to ball control. You know, you don't have to worry about Jacksonville putting up huge points on you. I don't know what happened. Why they got so far away from Lamar Miller? Now, if this happens another week or two, I'm going to get real nervous. But it's. It's still week two, so for me, it's, come on, Lamar Miller, Bishop Sankey, it's got to be Lamar Miller. But but Sankey's in three. I don't know if you can slide him into a flex. I wouldn't hate it. And Annika right. started with Greg Olson, Scott. Greg Olson or? I'm sorry, that second name cut out. Hurts. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I I think Greg Olson is going to do a ton better than last week. I'm not worried there, but I I tend to lean shoot to the moon, and uh, Zach Ertz in a Philly-Dallas game that might have a ton of uh, a ton of offensive output, I, I think I'm going to lean Ertz, barely. Oh, wow. We're not, I, I, <laughs> I don't have the guts to do it. it Greg Olson looked uh, – he just disappeared last week. And I, and, I, and I wonder, as they gave the ball to, to your boy Jay Stu over and over again with, with terrible, terrible results, how much he was in blogging. I think you have to, especially against uh, – but with J.J. You know what? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Zach here. I think you're going to see Greg Olson has – somebody have to try and help slow down this defensive line of Houston. And I think Olson committed in – in the work he gets. So I'm going to go with you. I can't believe I just said that. Should I try T.Y. Hilton again this week, or would you go ahead and go back to Frank Gore? Try T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. yelled it. I'm sorry. I, I read that. Oh, man. That was, scared me there. Was, uh, okay, T.Y. Yeldon, T.J. Yeldon, or Frank Gore? Uh, yeah, T.J. Yeldon. I think I'd lean Yeldon. I – I, I think they're still going to continue to try to make him the bell cow. Uh, Frank Gore, I know he had a calf issue, but he is 32 years old, and he, they are putting him on a snap count to a degree to keep him as healthy as they can for a possible playoff push. Uh, I think I'd rather – I think I'd trust him a little more in, in the amount of snaps that T.J. Yeldon's going to get. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it is a tough Jets defense, too. It didn't I saw out of Gore. Rick's been slobbering all over Gore ever since he showed up in Indianapolis. <laughs> I got my question mark. Now they're talking about bringing in Monte Ball. I, I don't know what type of uh, what type of difference that's going to make moving on. But he looked old. They've talked all preseason and re- leading right up to week one about having him on a pitch count. They're as nervous about him as I am. They want to limit his work. Almost a goal line where I think Yeldon sees the ball a ton. Now, now this one's interesting to me, and I'm going back and forth here. D'Angelo Williams or Justin Forsett? Well, yeah. I, uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams looked really good last week. Um, and Adrian Peterson had trouble running on San Francisco, which I don't think had anything to do with Adrian Peterson or San Francisco's defense. I think it was just a poor – Poor fit for that offense last week. Um, for set, I'm trying to remember who he plays. I think it's Oakland. Uh, uh, man, I think I'm – yikes. I think I'm going to lean for set. Just it's so close, though. I think I'm going to lean for set there. Yeah, that that is so – that that is a coin toss, and it, and it might land on its side, quite honestly. 
Oakland's defense did not look good. I never liked that team traveling all like Baltimore or anyone traveling all the way across the country. I think they're going to feed him the ball a ton. I, I wonder, you just don't know. I agree with you. I think it was just a poorly managed Adrian Peterson, even leading up to the game, not necessarily you just within the game, but that San Francisco defense still looked pretty darn good. So I'm going to lean for a set just as a set play, but I think D'Angelo Williams has a nice game as well. Uh, I don't know where that. Go ahead. Oakland last week, Oakland allowed eight for 63 uh, to Giovanni Bernard and just a caught six balls for 25 yards. And Gio Bernard is, is a lot more similar to Justin Forsett. Uh Gio is obviously younger, a little speedier, but uh, and Forsett doesn't have a Jeremy Hill there to, to take away carries. So I, I think that does hold well for Forsett in that matchup. Yeah, and I I don't think it's beyond the you know, the tiebreaker might be against a fairly good defensive front of San Francisco. At least it looked like for one week for for Todd Haley to come out and, and just try to fling that ball around and, and use the weapons he has. So it, it's fifty one forty nine, but I'll go for set. I don't know where this one comes from. I don't know how much we need to discuss uh, Scott Jay Cutler or Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> uh, well. Uh... And, uh, Chicago plays Arizona. Arizona has a decent defensive backfield, pretty decent. Tyler Matthews and Patrick Peterson and whatnot. Uh, Jay Cutler, Ryan Tannehill is in Jacksonville, who I already mentioned uh, was uh, the top six fantasy defense against Packers last year, and they did pretty well against uh, Cam Newton last week. It, is it weird for me to say Jay Cutler? I think, oh, it's really, I think, really, yeah. really weird. Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm gonna lean Jay Cutler because I feel like Arizona's better than. Eh, that's tough. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a dart at Jay Cutler, I guess. Uh, you know what? It, it's gonna as as I look at this, as I think about it. To your point, I, I wonder. Back to the the first question, right off right off the top, I, I think it's we're going to see some ball control there in Miami. I think you're going to see a ton of Lamar Miller, and I think that's where their best chance at success comes. So my answer is going to be I will lean Jay Cutler as long as you are not overly punished for turnovers because Cutler's going to get picked off two yeah. times. And, and once a game, he just drops a ball. It's a matter of if he recovers it or not. He will just drop back and <laughs> drop a ball. I don't understand why what happened. So if you're not overly punished, I think he has a chance to put up better numbers. I think they're going to be behind. They're, they're going to be flinging around. I expect a big game out of Martellus Bennett. I think that's the guy that, that benefits from all this mess. I just wonder, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tannehill with a, you know, a 14-8 attempt type of game could, could hold his numbers down, which makes me nervous about Landry back to that question we had in the chat room earlier. So it's really weird, but I tend to agree. I'm going to lean Jay Cutler a little bit. So let's pick two now between Pierre Garçon, Allen Robinson, Vincent Jackson, or Terrence Williams in a PPR. Garçon, Robinson, Vincent Jackson. And Terrence Williams. We need two of those. Oh, well, everybody, even though though Dallas probably has to, you know, T-Will is going to be their starter, I just, I don't like T-Will. He runs like a gazelle, but if he doesn't catch a deep touchdown, he gets knocked over by a harsh gust of wind. So, um, 
Man, that, that boy has been, I don't think he's ever broken a tackle in NFL or college. All right. Um, I'm going to go with A-Rob. I'm going to trust that he's going to come back this week uh, against Miami, and he's, he's actually going to be a tar- target hog, uh, and uh, he's going to you know, make up for last week. And I like Vincent Jackson against New Orleans. I, I, I think that uh, I think that Jameis will want to prove himself. Uh, Mike Evans sounds like he's going to go, which uh, should, should draw some defenders off of Vincent Jackson. And uh, also, New Orleans is going to have to account for Austin Safari Jenkins this week. Uh, I don't think anyone expected that out of him. So now, now with those three big trees, I think uh, Vincent Jackson will have some similar coverage. So give me Robinson and Jackson. Ooh, that, that that's interesting. I like it. I agree with hundred uh, percent with Robinson to, to your point. I think he's going to see all the targets there. I hope that's what we expected last week and didn't get it. Kind of just an odd game in there. And I think that that Jacksonville offense is going to continue to run through Rob. I'm torn. I agree with you on Williams. I don't want to have to count on touchdowns when, when I've got other players of this ilk. So I'm torn between Garcon and Jackson. I'll lean Jackson just based on defense Pierre Garçon's going up with. That said, when you talk about a, a target hog, Garçon could be that guy as well. I know there was a lot of talk about Jordan Reed in the in the chat room, which is a good chance there. There's also a good chance he sustains a concussion from stepping too hard running out of the tunnel. So I always worry about that with Jordan Reed. So I'm going to lean Jackson, but it's a 50-49 for me. I just There's every chance that Kirk Cousins just throws up all over himself which eliminates Garcon. So I'll go Jackson here, but Garcon, Garcon's interesting. So we need one for flex and a PPR. Jason Witten, Torrey Smith, or Stevie Johnson? Okay. Well, this one, this one's easier for me than it might be for uh, most people. I love Stevie Johnson this week. Witten is a close second, um, but I, I harken back to Witten over the last couple of years, how he's just, really, really declined in his statistics. Um, I know Des Bryant said, oh, you know what? Oh, that's tough. Stevie and Whitten are really, really close to me. Troy Smith is not even an option for me, uh, even against I the Texas compared to those two. Um, wow. You know, I'm going to flip. Just, just, just thinking about how much I hate T-Will and thinking about Des Bryant out, I'm actually going to go Whitten. I'm going to go Whitten. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. That was the one we were going to be uh, – we we're going to disagree on until you flip. Here's the thing with Witten. When you got a Des Bryant out, and, and we talk about we, – we had a Jersey Cullen with a Cole Beasley question. We, we got a ton of those. I don't know if we, we have any further on here, if I filtered them all out. I think this is the guy Romo leans on. I think you saw it last week. When times get tough, he, he tended to get away. I wonder – We've had that steady decline with Witten over the years. I actually wrote about it in the off season. However, you see now with DeMarco Murray gone, last year's just epic decline. I think more became from the fact they were running the ball 35 times a game, quite honestly. <laughs> I think you're getting back to, to now. You, know, you saw a lot. I like the eight catches out of Dunbar, but I think Witten becomes a go-to guy here. Stevie Johnson, yeah, I like what he's doing there, but it, it's still Keenan Allen's gig. I honestly believe for – for the short term, anyhow, until maybe somebody else emerges at wide receiver in Dallas. I think that 
that you're looking at Jason Witten as the number one target for Tony Romo on an offense that can throw the ball, and you don't need a Witten in doing any blocking, obviously, with that offensive line. So I'm going to agree there. Now, now this one's tough. I don't know how you get in this situation in week two, but Chris Johnson or Alfred Blue? Chris Johnson or Alfred Blue? Man, wow, neither. Um, uh, I, I have a start tip for you after this question, but uh, I, I think if I can't pass, I'm probably going to go with uh, Chris Johnson. I think uh, Chicago's easier matchup. I don't know how much uh, how much I trust Alfred Blue going against that solid Carolina, you know, front seven. Not to mention the three running backs there, Blue Grimes and Polk split carries a ton last week. And if they don't run the ball 25 times, if they only run it 15 times, that's going to be really, really tough on them. So give me Chris Johnson. Yeah, I agree only because it's Alfred Blue. I, I honestly believe coming out of the, coming out of this game for Arizona, I think David Johnson's going to be the guy we're talking about next week, yep. especially in a PPR format. I don't know what to expect from Chris Johnson, but he, he's got the better matchup. He's, going to get more looks, and that's the only reason. I don't know. There's got to be somebody else on your roster you could slide in there. But I absolutely can't recommend Blue. But, yeah, Chris Johnson by default. But but I think, like I said, and I know you have a start, so we'll let you get to that here. But I think David Johnson's going to be the guy we're talking about on Wednesday. Yeah, I I agree. And if it's not Wednesday, it will be soon. It's it's going to be pretty soon. He's going he's gonna to jump in there. Um, uh, another text from my brother thought I'd throw it in here. Dwayne Allen or Kyle Rudolph at tight end? Oh, no. Oh, man. That... Dwayne Allen <laughs> plays the Jets Monday night. Kyle Rudolph plays Detroit today. Yeah. We talked about – I can't remember now if it was, if it was here. I, I was talking about it with, with Dan over on uh, Fortune Cincinnati. Kyle Rudolph now for a full season in one game has been that that sleep sleeper kind of pick that late round guy. He showed showed some promise a, a couple of years ago. I don't trust him, Dwayne Allen. You know, I don't know what to make a, of Allen getting that work and Kobe Fleener getting nothing. <laughs> oh boy, this does kind of make it even tougher. Yeah, I. I might lean Kyle Rudolph here, quite honestly. I don't know what to make of that Vikings offense after what I saw Monday. That was a disaster. I might give I might give Rudolph one more shot here just because Fleener just complicates things there in Indianapolis too much for me. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I, I, I wondered if a little bit of homerism was sneaking in there for me where I have uh, Rudolph just, just barely, just barely. Um Hard to trust Dwayne Allen. Uh, he was a TV monster last year. Uh, you just you just don't know exactly when those are going to show up. Yeah, that's tough. All right, uh, in the chat room here, Ace Twenty asked, "Need between Alfred Blue?" So I think we know where we're going with that. Kevin <laughs> Coleman, Latavius Murray in a standard league. So basically, Coleman or Murray in a standard league. Ooh, wow. Well, I obviously Blues. I, Blue's not even on my radar for that. Um, I think, wow. Yeah, I think I'm still going to lean Latavius Murray. I think he's going to continue to just get the bulk of everything on the ground there. Um, 
the car with the, the hurt hand, I know he's playing, but with the hurt hand, you kind of wonder if, uh, kind of wonder if they'll lean to the run a little bit more. Uh, and, uh, Latavius does get, uh, does get those receptions too. I think he had seven last week on seven targets. So right. I'd imagine another 20, tu- tw- about 20 touches today for uh, my, yeah, and I, I think that's going to be the big thing in that situation is Coleman, he got the start. He got some work, but it, it sort of looked like even in the last couple of years, Steven Jackson, this is a this is a pass-first team. When you got weapons like Julio and you got weapons like Roddy White, that's what they're looking to do. Until I see Coleman play a big enough role, Latavius Murray's going to touch the ball, and he's going to touch the ball a whole lot, especially – car banged up. You're going to see Amari Cooper get some targets. You got Terrell Suggs out for Baltimore. I think what are we going to get from him? I don't know. The kid's still a wild card, but he's certainly going to have a lot more, lot more opportunity. So we got another Latavius Murray question here, Scott. Apparently people are getting nervous. Rashad Jennings or Latavius Murray in a PPR? Okay. Uh, I, I'm going with Latavius Murray a little bit easier in this one. Um I just I don't love Rashad Jennings, and I I think the way that Atlanta defense is set up, I could I could see this being a big Vereen game. Uh, Vereen catching passes out of the backfield quite a bit, then moving the ball through the air on Atlanta instead of running running the ball. I realized uh, I realized last week that um, what's it, that the uh, uh, Philadelphia I mean Devonta Murray only had nine yards, Sproles had a ton through the air. I think the the Philadelphia running backs caught. Let me look it up real quick. Um, Fourteen passes for 111 yards last week. That is wow. that is changing territory. Um, so I'd rather <laughs> if you ask me Latavius for Vereen, I think it'd be closer than Jennings for Vereen on it for, uh, versus Murray. But give me Murray in that of those two. Yeah, and to your point, seven targets for for Murray last week and reeled them all in. Yeah, I think the Giants are going to have to keep up with Atlanta here. I don't know how – nobody defends Julio Jones. I, I don't know how they, they even slow him down. So, yeah, I'm going to agree 100% there and, and, and go with Latavius Murray. So let's jump over to the other list here. Wow, and I heard you guys when I came back on <laughs> talking about uh, Jericho Cotri. Is this even a discussion? Ted Ginn Jr. or Devontae Adams? Wow. Well, Adams, I, I, I don't, I don't know how that. I'm sorry, I'm just, I don't really have a response to that. I would take Adams. I don't really have it that close. I understand that, I understand that Ted Ginn is one of basically the two starters for Carolina, but I feel, I feel like, oh, wow, no, sorry, I don't have many comments to that. I think Devonte Adams is so much clearer, even with James Jones. Yeah, because of the Jones situation, just my general thoughts on that Green Bay situation, even with Jordy out, it should I, – I even wrote it down. But I agree. It's Ted Ginn Jr. versus Devontae Adams. It's just uh, upside. It, it's potential. Look, Ted Ginn isn't – no comment. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, here's, here's one that's well, tougher. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, he's probably looking at it saying – they're playing Seattle. That's that's a tough one, but it is in Green Bay, which is a lot easier. And Seattle. I mean, Nick, Nick Foles didn't even look awful against Seattle last week. 
and without Cam Chancellor, that defense just seems a little different. They've taken a tiny step back. Uh, I still think I, I don't think they should be feared as much as people give them credit for. They're still feared, but not as much as people like just avoid players to the point of Ted Ginn Jr. Right, yeah, 100%, especially on a Ted Ginn Jr. So this one's tough. I'm waffling on this one already. Amir Abdullah or D'Angelo Williams? Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Amir Abdullah. Um, the Vikings have always had a lot of trouble with pass catching running backs, which Abdullah uh, is can be. Um, uh, I do I do think D'Angelo Williams could have an okay game against San Francisco at home, but uh, I think Abdullah is uh, the shoot for the moon, which I tend to lean shoot for the moon. He could he could have one big explosive play and that could make up your whole day against the Vikings. So give me a deal. Yeah, and I think question for you, and I think I know the answer because you, you said shoot the moon a few shoot for the moon here a few times. Where a guy like Abdullah makes me nervous is you're almost counting on requiring or needing that that one big splash play. Yeah, the coaching staff was asked, and I don't know how much you know, if they're going to be honest with you throughout the week this early in the season, but it's come out and said that they don't expect Abdullah's role to change for him to see any more work. You're going to see the the amount of work equal to where it was in week one. I don't know how much stock I put into that, but but philosophically, I get nervous with these guys where I'm counting on the splash play. For you, Scott, is Abdullah a guy that you're confident most weeks, week in and week out, you can count on that splash play that would, in this case, give him the edge over D'Angelo Williams. Because of the the issues with the passing game for Minnesota and my concerns with Williams, I agree on this one with Abdullah, but I think we're going to have a ton of these questions over the next three or four weeks. And I just, I get nervous with these guys. I'm counting on that one big play. You know, I'm not, I don't think Amir Amir Abdullah is as much um, big play dependent uh, he's more big play dependent than Angelo Williams, but here's here's my thinking on that. Amir Abdullah is going to get you know seven to ten carries. He's going to get three to five receptions. Um, he, let's let's take away his 24-yard touchdown run. He still had four receptions and 70 total yards last week, which is 11 points. Uh, and he's playing the Vikings, who just gave up uh, I think 400 yards and 12 touchdowns to Carlos Hyde. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's a fair I think Carlos Hyde is still racking up numbers. So I agree in this one. It's Abdullah, and, and we'll keep looking at forward. We have in the chat room from Silent Assassin, who has logged in and out uh, 15 times, so I don't know if he's in there now to hear it. Oh, yeah, he's back in. So let's get to this one real quick as I slid past it. Uh, need two in a non-PPR, James Jones, Mike Evans, John Brown, or Randall Cobb? Wow. Well, with Mike Evans uh... – hurt but going to play he mike evans would probably be my pick uh as the top guy if he wasn't hurt cobb and jones both play seattle <laughs> and we already recommended Devonte adams too uh and john brown plays uh, who is it chicago um yeah, and palmer and him are like basically roommates and you know make breakfast for each other every morning and stuff so uh <laughs> You, you know, this is one of those questions. Unlike the Ted Ginn Jr. one, I think that Mike Evans and John Brown have the better matchups, and um, I think Mike Evans has stud potential against New Orleans. I think 
John Brown is Carson Palmer's best friend. And uh, I think I'm going to lean those two. I know that Cobb and Jones should put up pretty good games still, uh, but I think those two are a little safer. I'm not shooting for the moon here, apparently. I agree, uh, Mike Evans, 100%. I think that this is a guy back. I'm going to take the player's word for it, which you generally shouldn't do in an injury situation, that, that he's 100%. And I'm going to take his word on that. And that I actually heard somebody on uh, the NFL Network this morning had me ready to scream when they were still saying it would be a game-time decision. Did they come out then and activated him soon thereafter? That Lovey Smith is just – insane about these things and he really worries about these hamstring issues that that's the reason he was being held out and then Mike Evans says he's 100% rating and with a young quarterback a risk-taking quarterback in Jameis Winston Mike Evans is the kind of guy he can just go throw the ball up to and let Mike Evans make plays so I like him so it comes down to Brown Brown and Cobb for me and yeah I've never been the biggest Cobb guy but this is the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers I it is so tough. John Brown, to your point, him and Jay Cutler, uh, I, I understand they sleep head to toe, but they, they do share a bed when they're on the road. So nothing nefarious going on there. But there's a lot to be said for that. I'm still going to lean Cobb just because he's the number one guy. I don't have the fear. Yeah, It's Richard Sherman, though. He's going to draw Sherman. You know I what? I'm no going to walk problem with picking Cobb. I, I mean, they're very I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to defer to you and go with Brown. Randall Cobb versus Sherman. What I can see is they're going to take that half of the field away, which is why I actually like Adams uh, a little more than, than, than maybe others. And maybe you do, and Adams a guy I don't love. But I think you're just going to take Cobb's side of the field away this game, let Richard Sherman shut him down. We did see him once last week, but you're not going to see a ton of that. I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Mike John Brown. We may regret this one. Old uh, silent assassin might be might be done with us after this week if we're wrong. But but I agree with you. It's such a good matchup for John Brown, and just it's Richard Sherman. Yeah, he's a tough. We talk about we don't sit play. We shouldn't be sitting players just because they're playing Seattle, which I agree with. But when we got a guy going against Patrick Peterson, we got a guy going against Sherman. There's certain guys in this league when when you talk about Revis Island that, that I don't want to mess with Sherman. And I think if I'm creating a game plan for Green Bay this week, especially with Jordy Nelson out. I'm just going to take Randall Cobb out of the game and see what Eddie Lacy and Adams can do against me. So I'm going to agree with you there, but that is so tough. Uh, who we, got? Oh, we, we do have breaking this. news. We do have breaking news. Oh, breaking news. All right. Dwayne Bow is active week two. Oh, well, the, the, this this takes it all then. You know, <laughs> let's <laughs> go pick Dwayne Bow. Plug him in over all of them, and so you have Mike Evans and Dwayne Bow. Or actually, if you called your uh, commissioner, he may let you play Dwayne Bow twice. So, so see if they'll let you do that <laughs> and eliminate them all. Uh, Steve Smith or Golden Tate? Steve Smith or Golden Tate? Um, oh, wow. I, I think I'm going to lean Golden Tate. Uh, I think the Vikings will probably try to take away. Um, Probably try to take away Calvin, uh, probably unsuccessfully. <laughs> and Golden Tate, will, Golden Tate will get open. I will say this: the Minnesota secondary is really, really good. Um, it's and I think Steve Smith has the better, better uh, matchup. Uh, but based on last week, based on how Flacco and them played last week in the passing game, 
I just don't have much faith in it, but I do have faith that Stafford will be able to throw the ball. So I'll lean Golden Tate just just barely. Yeah, I'm actually uh, – we're, we're going to be no help here. Here's where we need uh, Grandpa. I'm going to go 51-49 to Steve Smith. I have definitively on Woodson, but there is every possibility that Oakland is coming out with neither of their starting safeties this week. I think that opens things up for a guy like Steve Smith who can take the lid off of things. Here's another guy I have a lot of in, in daily leagues where, where I was looking for a cheap option. I think Steve Smith sets up for a big day here. I, your point, Minnesota's got the good secondary, and I just don't ever weekend, and you shouldn't with all these weapons. Yeah, I never have to make a Detroit week to week. I think I know what I'm going to get out of Steve Smith this week. I think you look at, for a long touchdown. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big reception day, but I think he has a chance to take the lid off of that one. So uh, we got – well, I guess we need two out of Jay Stu, LeGarrette Blunt, Greg Jennings, and Melvin Gordon. All right. Jay Stu, LeGarrette Blunt. Melvin Gordon. I love Blunt this week. I'm sorry I do. But I'm going to take him. And the second one, who's the first guy? Did I miss a guy before Jay Uh No, no. It was Stewart, Jennings, and Gordon. Oh, Jennings. I missed Jennings. I thought you said four. I was writing down this one. Um, I'm going to have Blunt number one for me. And then I'm probably going to ooh. Rashad James. Oh, I don't like him this week, but Melvin Gordon, I don't have a ton of faith in. Um, I think I'm going to go with J.C. Just, just barely. LeGarrette Blount is the one I love. Jonathan Stewart. I feel like he's going to be injured within the first five minutes, but I think he's also the safest one of the bunch. Yeah, yeah, probably just just based on workload. I, I don't know what I expect, but Stewart, uh, I, I they, they have a way in these games of establishing a Garrett Blunt, and I think that's what I like about Blunt. The matchup looks terrible on paper, and I actually I have Deion Lewis as a sit. I, I think they take him away, but I think Blunt's yep. a guy. He, he's in line for a lot of a lot of touchdowns, a lot. Well, not a lot, but he's in line for some goal line work. And this is the kind of guy they lean on in a game like this. So I'm going to agree. Let's, uh, we got two more here, one in the chat room, one on Twitter. I want to get to, so we might run over a little bit. We, when it starts with an, uh, ends with an, uh, that, that's <laughs> never good from ACE 28 in the chat room needs two or three in a standard league between Amari Cooper, Brandon Marshall, and Jones. Oh man. Well, I'm not good. I just don't want to give up on Amari Cooper. Uh, I, I know that him and Crabtree had similar stat lines last week, but I feel like that I feel like Cooper is going to emerge. Um, the fact that it's standard scoring lends me to believe that James Jones might get a touchdown or two, but it, you know, and and that might make it a. But I don't want to count on that. Brandon Marshall has a much easier matchup in Indianapolis on Monday night. And you know how I love to have Monday night guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. Cooper, that Cooper and Marshall. Yeah, I agree. Cooper targets is a big for with me. He was still they still play a ton. First game rookie. I agree. I'm not giving up on Cooper yet. And and I'm with you and I talk about this a lot. I don't want to count on the touchdown and that's what I need out of James Jones. That that four catches for forty five yards or five 
Rodgers for 45, whatever it was for Jones last week. I can't remember, but it's somewhere in that realm. That's going to be his stat line weekend. And the one that's going to make the difference is the one to the far right, zero touchdowns, one touchdowns, two touchdowns. I don't want to have to count on that. Brandon Marshall is going to be the go-to guy. I think even with Ryan Patrick, Jets are going to be able to move the ball a little bit here. And I like Brandon Marshall as well, so we'll, we'll go with Cooper and Marshall there. So in a 12-person 12, 12 PPR, we got two questions here. So at quarterback, Eli or Romo? That's tough. Eli or Romo? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was reading the chat room, and I really need to pay more attention. <laughs> Get it together, Scott. Okay. Uh, I love I love Romo's matchup this week, and I love Eli's matchup this week. I feel like Atlanta's going to be easier to pass on, and I feel like Dallas and Philly are just going to be taking shots at each other. Uh, I know that the Dallas – I think those are the two highest over-unders of the week uh, as well. Um, if you are not penalized too badly for interceptions, I would take Eli. And honestly, I know this is really, really weird to say, I think I might take Eli anyway. Last week I was all over Romo, and, and it worked out for me. But uh, that matchup against Atlanta, I can see Atlanta just throwing a lot in the Giants. Man, yeah, give me Eli. Barely, barely, barely. Yeah, I think you nailed it. We have we have two two shootouts here, which means they're both going to end eleven to nine. I understand. I don't know how we get there. <laughs> two potential shootouts here. We got two quarterbacks capable of the numbers. So, so for me, it becomes I look at the look at the weapons around. So now it comes down to Odell Beckham versus uh, Cole Beasley to me. So. so so I agree. I'm going to back up. I expect a big back for him against a defense who he should be able to torch a little bit. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go Eli there. It never sounds good taking Eli, but, but again, Odell Beckham versus Cole Beasley for me. And then he's got one more here and we'll, we'll let you go. We've got in the, in the flex on this same team, Sean Lewis or Golden Tate. Yeah, I've already said, I, I really feel like this is a blunt game and not a Deion Lewis game. Uh, when uh, Briggs is on, I, I'm not a fan of Lewis as much this week. I, I think he could be flexibility a lot of weeks. And he might get some receptions this week. I, I would I would go a little safer um, and take Golden Tate this week. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, that that is tough because I don't have a ton of faith in either one. But I think uh, I think Golden Tate's a little bit safer. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick with my theme all week. I think uh, Deion Lewis disappoints this week after. I think that's the guy they take away. Your point, like we talked about in the previous question, if they try to establish a run game, they're going to try and, and grind it out a little bit with Blunt. I think Lewis has to tie you in a PPR a little. But I don't expect the big splash plays out of him. We'll leave that to Gronk in a, in a game against a tough defense like this. And t- Tate is always a candidate. This is where this is a tiebreaker for me. He's always a candidate if somehow Calvin Johnson taken away, or they're using him as a candidate as a as a decoy. Tate's a candidate for for a big big game. I don't think Deion Lewis has the upside of a huge game where Golden Tate does. Do I know he's going to get it? Obviously not. But but that's my trip there. So I think we got through them all here. Just barely a little bit over. Scott, thanks so much on and bailing us out on another crazy day as Rick's out there doing whatever it is Rick does. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun. I'll, I'll call in whenever you guys want. Uh, probably not next week, though. I uh, 
I think I next week the big travel. Yep, ten uh, year wedding anniversary. I'll be in the Caribbean. I will try to call in, but I don't know where in international waters I'll be at that point. So we'll we'll see how that works out. <laughs> All right. Well, well, don't you think anything? Don't think about us. For, oh, we got one more question in the chat room here before we get out from Silent Assassin. Non PPR flex, but Sammy Wat. Oh, this is tough. Sammy Watkins or Isaiah Crowell? Okay, I'm gonna take uh, whichever one does not play for the Browns. I'm not sure which one that is, but uh, <laughs> uh, yes, actually, that- I, I, I have read they want to make Sammy Watkins a focal point today against the Patriots, uh, and and I know they gotta want to uh, to you know with McCoy dinged up, I, I gotta imagine they're gonna pass a little bit more. Pittsburgh passed fairly successfully. Uh, Watkins won't be shot out again. I'd lean Watkins. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I, I go back to your original point with no more analysis. I can't trust a Brown at this point. So, I'll Sammy Watkins here. And, and, look, Buffalo's going to have to score points to win this game, and you're not going to score the defensive points you did you did against Indianapolis last week. So, agree with that. Right. So, enjoy the trip. Don't think a thing about Hey, before we get you out, I'm just rumbling on. Scott Fish Bowl week one. I, I know I had a big week, Scott. I think I was uh, fifth or sixth overall, something like that. Uh, yeah, how's everything? Ten, that's little, sure. little, little Scott Fish Bowl update, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. It's going well. People seem to love it. Rick Flieger in the top ten right now out of 360 teams. Rick Briggs coming in at uh, 141 and Scott Fish coming in at 139, a couple spots ahead of him. All right, as long as you're ahead of him, that's all that matters. And I'm sure I'll let you guys catch up at some point here. I have no doubt about that. Although Peyton Manning bouncing back a little bit this week. That was my biggest concern on that roster, so I like that. So Bull Rush Podcast also here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Episode 4 is up and ready to roll. So, Scott, uh, uh, Twitter account, where can everybody find you, Scott? Come find me on, on Twitter at, at scottfish24. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be tweeting a lot today. So, All right, Scott. Well, enjoy your trip. Happy anniversary, all of that. If we hear from you, great. I'm telling you, man, don't think a thing about us. Enjoy it, and uh, good luck this week. All right. You too, Rick. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right. That was Scott Fish. Uh proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl 360, the most ambitious fantasy league I've ever been in. Scott, great information. We appreciate it every time. Thanks for everyone who joined us here in the chat room today. All the questions coming in. Had a had a great time. Apologize for the uh, herky-jerky nature of, uh, of everything this week. It's uh, It's been tough. Rick's got some stuff going squared away. We're going to get him back into the mix here very soon. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern Radio and Asylum Fantasy Sports.com. Saturdays, 1 o'clock Eastern, Fantasy Sports Network on Cablevision Channel 147. If you're in the New York area, check out everything Scott's Bull Rush Podcast, Fantasy Football Consistency Show, Fantasy Sports Rant, The Mad Scientist Show with, with our boy Nick uh, over there on Saturdays. So check out all of that, AsylumFantasySports.com. Good luck this week. Till Wednesday, we'll see you.
Wow. 